Hello, my name is Anna, and if you're into scary stories and creepy real-life happenings, then I think you will love my podcast. Let me tell you a scary story. Join me every week as I read to you stories of the paranormal that actually happen to ordinary people. These are things that can't be explained and don't always make much sense, and they are sure to intrigue and to give you the shivers. So join me on your favourite podcast listening platform and let me tell you a scary story. Hey guys, and welcome to Paranormal Thoughts Podcast, and as always, thanks for joining me. In this episode, we're doing an interview with an abductee, where I speak to an everyday alien abduction experiencer. Just before we get into that, though, I just want to say, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the previous episodes of Paranormal Thoughts, please make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use. Also, if you want to leave us a review on there as well, that really helps. Also, jump on to our socials as well if you haven't already, Facebook and Instagram. You'll keep in the loop for every time I post or any extra little bits. I'm going to keep this intro pretty short because I have a few things I want to say about this episode and about the guest who I got to speak to. In this episode, I spoke to Jim from the United States. So typically when people reach out with their alien abduction experiences, you really don't know what you're going to get. Some people might be really descriptive in their initial correspondence and, you know, that's typically over an email or a message. Uh, or they can be pretty uh, pretty sparse and, you know, not too much detail. And, um, and even then, that doesn't necessarily exactly tell you what you're actually going into, you know. It's hard to really gauge, you know, someone's point of view or what they're really about in a written form when you're about to speak with them, you know, for the first time about pretty heavy topics, I would say, you know, as you guys know, you've listened to the the show before. Uh, I do take, especially this particular topic, you know, alien abduction with everyday experiences very seriously. And um, so I'm always, I never really know what I'm going into, which is exciting, of course. And it makes me really curious because I, I don't know where the conversation is going to go. I don't really know what to expect. I just kind of, I, you know, I let the guest speak and, you know, I'm, I'm really there to give them a platform to fill us in and what, what they've got going on and, you know, how they're making sense of all of this. And Jim was a really interesting, I remember when I got his initial message, it said something along the lines of, I don't know if I am an experiencer, but there's enough I've had enough strange moments throughout my life, and Jim's in his 40s now, throughout his entire life, that does lead him to believe that there's just enough going on that something may be happening. So when I got that message, I was really keen to hear what Jim had to say, and I could really relate to a lot of the things he says in our conversation. And I'd like to, at the end of the episode, go into just a little bit of uh, sort of my thoughts on the topic. I don't want to do it here right now because I want to get to Jim, of course. But I thought in in reflection of actually doing this episode, I feel like it's so important to, you know, as I always say, to share these stories, but to share the stories from many different aspects. You know, someone like Jim, you're about to hear, 
has experiences through his dreams, or, you know, at least these experiences when he's not actually conscious. And you might start to think, well, I mean, what's that really mean? You know, there's people who are fully conscious having experiences where they've actually, you know, left the homes and they're in some sort of foreign place and so on. But I can heavily relate, and if I can, I know some of you are going to as well, in the sense of being an experiencer through your dreams or through sort of astral traveling and sort of the, you know, that whole kind of world of it, actually having these experiences that aren't physical. I feel like this topic within alien abduction is becoming more and more maybe spoken about or researched. And when you really start to think about it, it kind of makes a lot more sense in a sense. But I'll get into a little bit more of that at the end. I really want to get to Jim and let you guys hear the conversation that we had. So here we go. Here's Jim. Well, Jim, thank you so much for joining me here today. I'm really looking forward to hearing all about your experiences. But first of all, can we just get a bit of a background? Yeah, uh, it, it's great to be here too. I've been looking forward to this. Um, my life has been periods of paranormal experiences. Um, the the worst of them had been, you know, like the abduction stuff as i as i came to know it uh my my uh, experiences go back to to being in a crib you know between like one or two years old i think the real scary stuff happened when i was younger um into my teens it kind of slowed down uh it took like a you know like a ghost detour got a little more paranormal the poltergeist activity in my house uh as a 20 year old through mid twenties, I'd say it like it really ramped up. My attitude towards it was, you know, and I'd started reading books and I had started seeing like shows about the phenomenon, and uh, I just was very angry about it because it had affected me so much. I started like confronting it and saying, you know, show yourself. What is this? What is this for? Like, why are you bothering me? What is this? And they did. And we'll we'll get to that, but to keep going. In my 30s, it nearly stopped. Sometime around, you know, bef- just before COVID hit, it came back. And and that's that's pretty much it, it's been on since. I'm 40 years old now, and it's it's been on since. That's a lot to be a lifetime experience. Uh, what do you remember from the very early memories so as you said it kind of all started off in the crib what what can you remember from sort of back in those really early childhood days uh there were there were dreams that i had that were really vivid and didn't make sense when i got older and started kind of learning the you know the the lore behind stuff it 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 kind of made sense um i had one waking memory very well maybe my earliest memory uh, I was in my room. I shared a room with my mom. I was, you know, in the crib and standing up, holding the bar. And it was nighttime. I don't know exactly what time. But there was a, a circle of light on the wall over my mom's bed. And I remember thinking it was the moon because it was a circle, pale white light. Uh, the other ambient light in the room was just the you know, city light pollution, you know, overcast night, kind of like an orangey glow. But this pale white circle was on the wall. 
my mom wasn't in her bed. And I was, I remember just being totally transfixed on that. Uh, and that's it. That's, that's the end of the, of the memory. It's interesting that you were having dreams that you couldn't make sense of because you had no reference at that young age, obviously, but then as you get a bit older and you start to look into this and obviously you found that those dreams correlated with the research you were doing. Yeah, and you know, it's easy to draw lines to things that are so abstract, but when you just have a feeling that that dream was was something else, especially now, the way the... the, the Recently, the phenomenon has, has been totally, um, almost let's say 100% in a dreamlike state. Um, so to rewind a little bit, though, the, the dreams that I remember having at the young age, I was four, maybe three. Um, I moved to a, around a lot and I went to different schools. So I have that point of reference throughout my childhood, I think, to mark when dreams occurred. So the first experience, though, is that seeing that pale circle of light on the wall. I've actually gone back to that house uh, as an adult and looked in the backyard for any street lights that may have been visible through the trees in the second yard on the other side. And there's there's nothing uh, related, though. My mom, who I don't know if she was an experience or not, my grandmother, same. They're, they've both since passed away, so I can't really ask them. But my mom said, always had this weird story about saying, do you remember when the transformer blew on the utility pole in the backyard? And my grandmother, I remember looking at her like, no, don't remember that. She was like, you don't remember me coming into your room and screaming, mommy, daddy, the bright white light just like filled the whole room, just bright, bright light. And I was scared and they have no idea what she's talking about. Again, I went back to the house and looked, and there's a whole other backyard with another house and trees. There's no utility poles back there. Ah, oh, interesting. Yeah, okay. Well, that's that's fascinating that you're just having these these sort of glimpses from a child, and even there expressing memories that you assumed well, were actually happening. And it's even that interesting thing that you remember going and speaking to your mother, telling her about this, and she has no recollection. Like that's that's pretty powerful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. It's most of the weird experiences I've had. When they happened, you know, it either you convince yourself that nothing happened or you don't really know how profound it may have been. Yeah, it's it's definitely difficult, isn't it, when um, as, a, as a child experiencing phenomena that they can't make sense of and parents, I guess, either not understanding or not believing. And I guess that's... Yeah, it's a really it's a really difficult position to be in and then sort of grow up through that, especially someone like yourself who has then gone on to continue to have experiences. So I'm curious now, you're getting a bit older. When do when does when do these experiences start becoming a little bit more along the lines of you seeing these grey beings and so on? Things really hit the fan when I was seven years old. Up until then I had no problem going to sleep. No fear, you know, as typical a kid you could be, happy family, happy life is great. At seven years old, the show Unsolved Mysteries premiered, and I was left in the care of my grandparents. It may have been the first episode. I'll have to, I, I haven't gone back and watched because it was, it was hard. 
but I saw it the first time. But it featured the Roswell crash. I sat on the floor and saw that with my grandparents, and my mind melted. All of a sudden, I had the vision of the classic, you know, the big eyes staring at me. Uh, anxiety, panic uh, overtook me. My grandmother had to calm me down, and she was, you know, basically saying what the Air Force was saying. She's like, they're not real. They're, they're crash test dummies. Like, this, this didn't happen. It's not real. And I couldn't, couldn't calm myself down. She told me to take a shower and get ready for bed. When I was in the bathroom, I was terrified that somebody was going to come through the wall and grab me. And from that point on, until I was a teenager, there, there wasn't a night that I went to sleep peacefully without hiding under blankets or trying to slow my breathing down so like the blankets wouldn't move. It was a long time. It was hell. I've heard of that happening a fair bit where um, people, often children, I suppose, witness something through, uh, I guess, like media, and it seems to have this massive impact on them. Not that it really should, you know, obviously seeing beings on a TV show. And I feel like Unsolved Mysteries was a massive thing for um, a lot of people when that originally aired. I guess it really brought a lot of light to a lot of these sort of paranormal, unusual sort of topics. But yeah, the amount of times I've heard about people witnessing these beings, these creatures and having such an effect is far more, I would say, than a typical child just being frightened of something. Like that obviously had such a, an effect on you that it rocked you for years. Yeah, it, it almost like it it dug something up or flipped a switch. There wasn't, I don't believe there was any talk about them coming through walls on that program, uh, I, I don't remember seeing anything about anything about aliens or abducting people or, you know, at the time, I don't think I even thought I was abducted, so to speak. I just I just saw them. Yeah. And it was like all of this information that I guess you were later going to find out that, you know, these beings have been known to walk through walls and et cetera. It's like subconsciously you knew all of that. Hey. Yeah. And, you know, another thing that you draw a line to. My mom watched MTV, like the early 80s. MTV was a big deal. There was one video that I would run away from. Walk This Way by Aerosmith and Run DMC. And I went back, you know, maybe like 10 or 15 years ago and saw it on YouTube. And I was joking with my wife saying, like, you know, I used to be terrified of this. Like, oh, Steven Tyler is so scary. I didn't get it. And then there's a part where they're playing on opposite sides of a wall. It's like Run DMC's in this room, Aerosmith's in this room, and then Steven Tyler kicks to the wall, and there's a bright white light behind him, and he's like screaming, singing through the hole in the wall. And I, I thought about it. I was like, is that it? Is, is, like, could that actually be why I was afraid of this video? Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. 
Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. That's an interesting observation, though, because it's definitely, once again, it's lining up with all these key elements that we're so familiar with when it comes to the abduction phenomena. Yeah, and I hear things... um I just just this weekend I listened to uh, the the Chris Bledsoe story. It was, a, it was his regression, um, and they they had they just a quick little snippet about somebody saying that um, the type of uh, of arthritis, which it's, I'm blanking on it now, but I I developed it about five years ago. They think that's associated with people that have had contact or been taken through walls and ceilings. So it's, I don't know. There's so much information out there that, you know, how can you discern what's just common and not really to the experience? That's exactly right. It's, it's so vast that, yeah, you could look at it, you could look at it in a lot of different ways and get a lot of different answers, but, Let's get into more of your teen years now where you've actually actively started to seek this information out. And what, what did you sort of discover and did the, the experiences that um, started to happen to you, did that actually match what you were starting to learn about? Well, during my teenage years, I was focused, obsessed with astronomy. It was more like just space facts. You know, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd skim through books with a ton of captions and you know, just get the facts. I shied away from anything on the topic of aliens or UFOs. I remember being in the bookstore in the mall and seeing Whitley Strieber's communion on an end cap. It's like it was always there with that cover. It's horrifying. So I would I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't seek that information. I saw parts of fire in the sky i knew what it was about as soon as you'd see him start flipping out <laughs> i was like nope i'm done i just stayed away from it during that time my experiences were just terror i didn't see anything other than i believe i saw a couple ufos not close up but when i was playing outside this time of year it could start early i would see things and I'd always stop and look and try to pick apart where it was or what it could be. Like I said, I was into astronomy. Um, I always knew where Mars was. I always knew what the phase of the moon was. They saw one do a 90-degree turn and went inside. So it was mostly just like the, you know, the, just being afraid at night, not getting good sleep, keeping myself up with infomercials once I got a TV in my room. That's how I coped. Did you ever, at this point, 
try to reach out to anyone or try to find why you may have been feeling the way you did? No, I didn't want to acknowledge it. I was kind of a wacky kid and, you know, the eventually the school psychologist got my name on their desk and we talk about whatever was going on, but nothing. I never told any friends. Never told my parents. I didn't think my parents were uh, equipped to deal with that. Uh, you know, they saw me sleepwalk a few times, which, you know, in your adolescent years, it's pretty common, right? I came downstairs one time asleep. I, you know, I have no memory of this. And I was pleading with them that I need help with the little white things. And they said, what? And they're like, I just said, the white things. I need help. And I went back to bed. So now as an adult, right, you go back and think that's, what are the white things? I don't know. Could they be grays? I don't know. Another time, they came into my room because I was screaming bloody murder. They they were with um, they were with um, some family at the time, so everybody came upstairs. An aunt and uncle, my mom, her cousin, they ran upstairs, opened my door, and I was standing with my arms out and uh, screaming, "Let me put my arms down." I just want to let go, put my arms down. And they were laughing. They were like, look, you know, you're just sleepwalking. Uh, they were cracking up. And they're like, then, Jimmy, put your arms down. And eventually my mom got me to lay back down and, and settle in. I don't, I don't know what that was. I'm definitely seeing a pattern here. That's the, that's the thing, right? A lot, of, a lot of what you're describing is kind of typical child behavior, right? right? But when you put it in the context of the fear that you – we're having for absolutely no real reason. And obviously, as you've gotten older and had further experiences, it kind of does seem like it could be the start of what was to come. Right. It's just enough to question whether it's abnormal or not, or paranormal or not. My later teens, I'd say it calmed down. I still wasn't totally comfortable, but I think my later teens is when the dreams, the dreamlike states of consciousness, I started getting shown how things work. I saw like visions of what I assume to be, I just have it in my head as a quantum engine, uh, how they can, I don't know what they were, but they were shapes, geometric shapes, and they, they interacted with one another. And, and exactly, they were orbiting each shape and they could influence when it got to a certain part in the orbit it would create a pull it, it was totally confusing i i asked a physics teacher if that made any sense and he said no makes no sense so yeah so i don't i don't know what it was um but i was having those like you know people say download dreams regularly um I had one dream that's during that time that I'm looking back now that was that may have been pretty profound. I know it had a profound effect on me. Um, when I was a junior and you know my third year in high school, there was I was pretty cynical. I 
you know, beyond teen angst. Um, I was, was a jerk. Uh, I really disliked the kids that I went to school with, and I had a group of friends, but for the most part, I hate, I despise being in school, and I was a jerk. I had a dream with. And I don't. I don't want to say because I don't really know if this is the direction I want to go with thinking about this dream. But it changed me profoundly. I woke up and I was a different person. I felt like whatever traumas I had, you know, earthly traumas that I had dealt with, they were gone, and I felt different. I felt empathy. I felt appreciation for just the world and everything in it. And went to school, and my friends noticed. Uh, I told them about the dream. The dream is really silly when you take it literally, but it changed me profoundly. That's interesting, though. Like, especially being like a young adult, having a moment like that where you can just wake up and suddenly your whole perspective has changed by the sounds of it for the better. And trying to make sense of that, like, why would that have just come about? Yeah, and I and and until I discovered this type of experience that others have had, I thought it was just a like psychotic break or just some something just mental that happened. So where do we where do we go from here then? As you said, the experiences started to these dreams kind of start to fade out a little bit, but obviously they do eventually ramp back up again. Yeah, in my twenties, I got together, uh, started a, a family with stepkids and they started having dreams again. My stepdaughter was three at the time and she came in one morning and said, she was very matter of fact, she's like, uh, you know, I want, I want you to throw away my lamp. And we we're like, why? And she said, because it's looking at me. And it, now it was one of those lamps that has like three goosenecks at the top and you can, aim the lights, you know, multicolors, like a red one, a blue one, a green one. You could point them around. She said her lamp, the goosenecks and the, you know, the light bulbs were looking at her. And she hates it, and she wants us to throw it away. So my heart dropped, because I, I was aware then of the concept of screen memories. And, you know, a fear for parents that are experiencing is that, is that their kids are going to be messed with. So we did. We got rid of the lamp. She doesn't remember it now, which is good. Great. A short time after we got rid of the lamp, she said that mushrooms came into her room and they were looking at her. And she goes, they were looking at me like this. And she opened her eyes real wide and just made a little blank stare. And again, I was like, man, I hope this stops. My thinking is that they were interested in her Possibly because, like, it was unsanctioned. You know, there's no genetic relationship there. So I think they were just trying to figure out what was going on. Um, she grew up and had, she's never said anything else. So she's had no other experiences. Once again, kind of common kid behavior to, I don't know, come out with this sort of outlandish things, but it's just strange enough and kind of familiar enough to start to. To, as you just said, to warrant that question of could this be the start of these experiences? And 
I don't know, the thing with the lamp, I, I don't know why, but that feels like really, that kind of reminds me of something like when I was a kid. Like, Not that I have any recollection per se, but just when you were talking about the lamp, um, it's staring at me. For some reason that is, um, I don't know, it, it, it took me back to like being a kid and like sort of thinking about like lying in a dark room and, you know, almost like your furniture does, like, I don't know, having that sort of effect. It's, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Oh, there's, there's, a, there's a connection with, with that to me. When I was a teenager, let's rewind like four or five years. I think I had, like, I, I tend to believe that this was just classic sleep paralysis because the, well, maybe not now. Cause if, if, all right, if walls can dematerialize and that, uh, all right, it's dark. I'm in my bed. I can't move. My curtains are blowing around the room, like violently. And I, I'm an artist. I had a drafting board in my bedroom beside my bed and I had a big, uh, you know, adjustable arm lamp. Very much like the Pixar lamp. But this is a couple of years before Pixar. So Pixar didn't influence this experience. But that lamp moved and looked right at me as the curtains in my room were blowing. See now that's that's strange then obviously with your stepdaughter then <laughs> coming to you and saying the lamps are looking at me obviously that's that's all playing into your mind and yeah that's oh. that that's that's massive really so now go back to where I was uh, starting a family um, in my mid twenties and this is this is Peter um, I'm angry I'm frustrated with this um, I'm, I'm having a lot of classic paranormal stuff happened to me. I become belligerent and I just say to myself and even out loud, show yourself. What is this all about? Tired of this. Like come at me, bro is where I was. And eventually they did. I woke up one night. My wife was on the couch. We didn't get into a fight or anything. She just occasionally decided to sleep on the couch. I snore or whatever. I'm alone in my room. I wake up and I'm drawn to the window. I walk over to the window and I, I look up and there's a ball of light over my neighbor's house. And it's, it's like drifting. It almost looked like a, you know, a bubble that somebody had blown. So bubble. And it's, it's a calm day and it's just catching the wind and meandering and it's, it's coming towards my house and it settles down almost in the grass and it disappears. And now I feel, I'm still looking out the window. I feel a presence behind me in my room and I hear a voice in my head that bluntly just says, turn around. And as I'm about to turn around, I hear it again you're not going to like what you see. And I, as I'm turning, I balled up my fist and took a swing. As I'm doing that, I see behind me a torso, but it's, it's fuzzy. Like it's not hairy fuzzy. It's, it's, it's just not really there. It's like out of phase. I see like spandex or some tight fabric over a torso and it's 
is orange or brown in color. It vanishes completely as I'm swinging. I hear, you're done. And I woke up the next day uh, sideways in bed, and the TV is turned on in my room. And I, I still had that memory in my mind, clear as day, you're done. And I started thinking, like, am I done? Like, are you guys done? Was it, is the programming, like, done? And it did. It went quiet. Um, I believe that happened to me when I was 26 or 27. And maybe eight or ten years, my 30s were pretty quiet. It wasn't until, like, it was 37 years old until anything else strange started happening again. That experience at the age of 27, was that the first experience of seeing one of these beings? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I've seen them now in the last, I'd say, five years or however long it's been in different states of consciousness. Um, I believe that I go out of body often when they're around. And and have you ever seen them in that exact form or has it changed? Yeah, I just see them as, you know, classic greys. When I'm out of body and I see them below me, they don't move. They, they just stand nearby, kind of out of sight. I get the feeling like they're just as close as they have to be. Uh, I'd, I'd be above my backyard at night and... Uh, I'd see them near the edge of the property line. Just two of them, side by side, shoulder to shoulder. And uh, I remember on one occasion thinking, where's the other one? Where's the other one? And kind of panicking, like, where's, you know, there's a third one somewhere. I'm sorry, I'm, I get a little uh, reclamped thinking about it. No, no, no. It's completely understandable. What you're describing there, where they're not moving, I feel like I've um, at least read about that in the past where which almost feels more unsettling in a sense as you said they're just close enough without needing to do anything but they're observing and like we were kind of saying before kind of like the screen memory thing almost like a piece of furniture or you know just a, just they're they're an item they're just there they're watching uh you're aware of it i suppose by the sounds of it these out-of-body abductions per se, which is becoming more and more of a, a common thing. Is that how you believe all of your experiences have kind of taken place? Do you think you're still physically, say, in your room? I do. For like I'm saying, the last five years have been pretty intense. And I I do believe that they're out-of-body experiences where there's contact being made. Simply, you know, I've, I've done some reading and I've talked to many other experiences. It, it, there are experiences where you are almost role-playing. There's uh, precognitive dreams that I've had for people that I know who have died. Uh, That happened on three occasions. You know, and it's distressing. Like, what do you do do with what you think may be a precognitive dream? You know, like, how do you... You see somebody that you haven't talked to in 20-odd years... You know, in the setting where you understand it to be that they're on their way out. 
what do you think these beings might be wanting with you exactly? Have you sort of gotten any closer to maybe an understanding of that? I have no idea. Talking to experiences has helped in providing context to some of the experiences I've had. But as far as motive or what they want or I've stopped, I've, I've really stopped wondering about it. You know, the, you know, all of this UAP stuff that people are excited about. I, I really could, couldn't care less. It's, I don't think the government's going to tell us anything of value. And I, and more and more, I don't think it has anything to do with what I've experienced. Yep. It's still interesting to me in that it's, you know, the, you know, like a Tom Clancy book might be interesting to somebody, but it, it doesn't have the effect on it. You know, people now that know that I'm like interested in UFOs and I'm contacting and everything, you know, they, they ask me about what's going on with UAPs. And I was like, I don't know, go on Reddit, <laughs> you know, like check Twitter. They, they know more than, I don't know. Well, that's it. It's becoming more and more uh, by the looks of it that, it either has very little to do or almost nothing. Your experiences, I mean, you've seen balls of light per se, but you haven't seen these particular UAP craft or anything like that. And as we're kind of discussing here, your experiences are taking place in an out-of-body type experience, which doesn't necessarily mean um, extraterrestrial per se, like these craft might have to do with it. It could be interdimensional or something completely different anyway. So we might just be... It, it just could be a completely different phenomena, which, I mean, would make a lot of sense in this case because I think whatever the government sort of knows and the experimental craft and everything, I don't see that playing too much into the contact abductee phenomena. I just don't see it as oh. the same thing. There could be, for sure. Don't don't get me wrong. There's some sort of um, crossover. I don't, I don't know what's going on. All I can do is measure myself. What the changes that I see in myself, my personality, how I view the world, how I interact with others, that has changed. It's evolved over time. You could just say you're emotionally maturing. Sure. But like, you know, I'm going vegetarian more and more. Uh, I grew up very conservative not so much anymore, which, you know, that's that's the opposite trajectory for most Americans when they turn 40. I can see changes in myself. It's measurable. And I think that's what's going on. Yeah, totally. And that's such a common element to people who've had experiences. You know, they typically become more self-aware, uh, more courteous to others, the planet, you know, trying to better themselves. Often, you know, that could also play into like spirituality as well and all sorts. But it does seem like a lot of people can come away from experiences like this um, in a positive sense. You know, as as traumatic as an experience can potentially be, I have seen people sort of turn it into, I don't know, just them bettering themselves, bettering their life, which is, I'm not sure what exactly that means, but it does seem to be a common thread that just keeps on um, showing itself to me at least. Yeah. And the other thing is that like my desire to uh, talk to other people, you know, not, not like in a missionary sense where I'm spreading the good word of experiencers. It's talking, it's this, it's this right here. It's talking to other experiencers 
and maybe helping them get that context. That's helped me so much. That's all we can really do is, because as you said, we don't have answers. You know, I don't think anyone does. You kind of get these little breadcrumbs. Um, the more you talk to people and kind of can start to paint a bit of a bigger picture. But really, it's having the discussion and sharing viewpoints, experiences. Um, if anyone can listen to that and get something from it, either from an educational uh, or even just, you know, an entertainment kind of value. But then also the the big one, which is um, to actually heal and to have people be able to actually, who may be in the same sort of position, to know that they're not alone and it's, it's there's people there who are having the same thing and are more than happy to speak about it. Yeah, this I can't say enough for experiences listening to find a group. I, uh, I attended this conference a couple uh, weeks ago in New York um, and it's it's a it's the inquiry into anomalous phenomena. I think Ralph Blumenthal talked about John Mack. Uh, Christopher Mellon was there, did a Q and A with Leslie Keene. There were academics in attendance. There were people from Twitter there in attendance. There were experiences there in attendance. It was amazing. I it was for the first time in my life where I introduced myself as an experiencer. It was a, it was a like a coming out party of sorts. But it felt great. The next morning, I was skipping through the streets of New York like like Will Farrell. But, you know, to get back to maybe something that's a little creepy, the first um, conference that they held, I was about to go and last second decided not to because I had a bad feeling. I just had a bad feeling. Um, another member had the same bad feeling. So I, I thought on it, and I think I was afraid of, you know, what's come to be known as the hitchhiker effect. Like, uh, what, what would a auditorium full of experiencers do? I don't know if it's ever been done, or studied, or measured. The second one, I didn't check it out. I went, but the morning before, and, and it's been a quiet time for me. It's been about two months of quiet. The morning. I was going to fly to New York. I woke up at three in the morning, felt a presence in my room, shadow presence in the corner. And I was just laying there still. My wife goes, can you hear that beeping? She was also awake. And I was like, I said, no, there's no beeping. She says, yeah, it's like beep, 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 beep. She, no, nothing. She's obsessed now with the beep. She goes around the entire house looking goes outside in the backyard see if it's coming from outside and she says no it's just it's just in here no idea i got up and got ready to to, for my early flight so it like turned back on the day i was going to leave for the conference conference happened it's great great feeling i was elated the second full night of me being home i felt woken up i felt something on my rib cage in my mind it just felt like a claw arm from like a claw game you know you pick up a teddy bear with a claw i went into another dream state and my perspective was looking up and there there was a bright white light but it was from no no certain source 
It was above me. There may have been some radiation around it. Couldn't really focus on it, but to my side, I saw gray. You know, its body was still facing me. It was like over me. Like think of like a doctor standing there and then turning and glancing over their shoulder at maybe a monitor or something like that. That's what I saw. So its eyes weren't looking at me. So I really strained and tried to look and say, like, remember this, draw it. What's going, like, look at this. And I could tell the back of its head had, it's like nodules, like these, like, lumps to its skull. And I focused on that and went out. Nothing. But I woke up the next day and I was, I felt like I was hungover. I felt terrible. I, I got nothing accomplished. I came home and went to bed right after work. I was exhausted. And that's recent. That's just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's fascinating. I'm curious, with all of your experiences, is there sort of a common experience that you'll have where it continuously kind of happens or are they kind of random? Is there any sort of... Yeah, it's so random it's almost like en- enough to give you deniability that anything's happening. But there are reoccurring experiences in the dream state, uh, which I, I came to learn it sounds very similar to what other experiences have and something that actually happened in history. It happened in Frankfurt, maybe in the 1500s. I don't, I don't recall exactly what. And maybe it wasn't even Frankfurt, somewhere in Europe. It's like a war, war of the world scenario without the fighting. It was the entire sky just filled with what was depicted as giant rods and spheres everywhere. So my dream always starts at dusk. I'm outside and I'm with other people. The location changes, but it's always at dusk, other people. We look up, the sky is filled with craft they're flying everywhere they're projecting giant images nothing to describe they're just massive geometric patterns there's projections of what looks like fireworks it's it's the entire sky is hey look and everybody's in awe then other craft show up and they start fighting now that's where it deviates other people i've talked to they have the dream where they see everything. Everybody's amazed. And it's like, look, what? Look at this. Amazing. It's real. Mine turns into Star Wars. Yeah, okay. But I've never heard of that, I don't think. But interesting that you've come across other people who have had at least the similar beginning of that dream and then it goes on to wherever it so does. Yeah, that's, that's, I've heard it's a, it's a common one. I speak to a lot of different people, of course, and some are lifetime experiences. I don't know if I've come across someone who has had it probably to the extent that you have, though. Especially interesting that you had the sort of 10-year gap and then it all picked up um, sort of more than ever. But, yeah, it's it's fascinating to hear from someone who's just had so many experiences and also so varying, as you were saying. It's just enough to make you think, like, mm, maybe this isn't... Th-. It gives you that, that cause for deniability, doesn't it, where it's like you're not having the exact same experience. But it's almost like whatever is happening 
maybe the the dreams are like a distraction in a sense, like whatever they're needing you for, they have you in this dreamlike state, showing you images of whatever, and then placing you back. It's hard. It's really hard to say. I, I have gotten feedback up until the last year before I've you know I've I've talked with other experiences that have gotten to a place of peace. I was very much you know. I have here's I use this analogy. I have two cats. When we take them to the groomer or take them to the vet, it's always the same story. One cat, we go to pick them up, and the cat's not even in a carrier. She's just sitting there fine. The groomers say, This cat was a joy. She's the easiest cat we have. We let her roam around. She's awesome. And then they show me their arms. My other cat claws them to death. So up until a year ago where I started to get context to these experiences and talk to other people who've had these experiences, I was very much that cat just ripping people to shreds. I've gotten feedback where it's, it's, it's told to me somehow this isn't going the way it's supposed to. This is difficult. I kind of downloaded this highlight reel of people smacking grays with rods and jumping up and screaming and running around. This isn't how it's supposed to go is repeated over and over. This isn't how it's supposed to go. And that stopped. I'm still not psyched about, you know, the last experience I had, it was scary, but I go to sleep at night and I'm not worried. You know, I, I've made it this far. You know, I, I don't have any injuries. I don't have control. I'm okay with it. To get there, I think you need to talk to people. You need support. Every time I speak with someone, even if it's somewhat of a traditional abduction experience where, you know, it might be they're in bed, um, they wake up, they're on some sort of table having experiments done, they're put back typically, you know, in an odd state or maybe their clothing's unusual, something like that. There's there's always one little element I always find that I haven't heard before or is just very different to everything else. And that's why, I don't know, we never get any closer to any answer. There's always just these little differing things. And what, what as an experience to yourself, what do you make of that? Just the amount of experiences and the amount of accounts and just the differing, uh, how, how they all differ. Like, how do you sit with that? Well, I had this conversation with a close friend of mine who's a medium. And I, w- I was trying to turn her on to the first Skinwalker Ranch book. And I told her, just I'm like, hey, like, this phenomenon is all encompassing. It's ghosts, it's psychic abilities, it's precog, it's out of body, it's astral travel, it's, it's a little bit of everything. And I told her some of the precog dreams that I had had, and it didn't resonate. It didn't hit. It's like, that's, that's okay, but we're over here, and we're good. You know, you could have the aliens, but we're going to keep the mediumship stuff over here in a box. So, you know, getting the concept of what's, discussed in the Skinwalker Ranch book, which is nuts, that concept of it being a little bit of everything or presenting itself 
as a little bit of everything paranormal, you just, I, I, I've just accepted it. I think you, you've got to accept it because how can you put things in a box? I know, you know, human intelligence is based on pattern records and putting things in boxes. There's, there is no box for this. No, you know? and that, you're exactly right. That's why we do struggle because we want to have everything neatly placed. You know, you can go, that's what that is. This is something else. But as we just keep finding, the more and more, at least I look into this massive topic, which is the paranormal, everything does have these overlaps uh, constantly, you know, and it's, you do start to accept that it's all somewhat connected. And as hard as that is, because you kind of want to be able to categorize and just make sense of it all, but it just, it doesn't seem that way. The longer I look into it, well, Jim, I thank you so much for coming on and telling us about some of your experiences. It's great that there's people like yourself who are willing to come forward and talk about exactly what's happened to you and try to make sense of that because obviously there's a lot of people in the exact same position who I feel like get a lot out of conversations like this. Thank you. It was it was a great talk. Very interesting. Well, there you go. Thank you so much to Jim again for taking the time and sharing his experiences with me. I really enjoyed listening back to this conversation. It was really, it was just great to, it really made me start to reflect on myself, I suppose. And I'm hoping that some of you listening might be able to do that as well. Because I feel like that's pretty, that's a pretty cool thing, I think, to come away from, you know, listening for an hour or so to someone speak and then kind of open your eyes up to maybe some of the questions you have or maybe in some you didn't even know you had. And for me, I've always, even before starting Paranormal Thoughts, I always thought about, you know, whether whether or not I've had experiences. And the reason I have actually put this up towards the end of the episode is, you know, I'm extremely open here on the podcast, you know, for the longest time I didn't put my name, my face or anything like that to the podcast. Not necessarily because, you know, I didn't want to. I just felt like it wasn't important and, you know, over time you do get a little bit more comfortable and, you know, so be it. It's 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 known that I do this podcast. But I'm still very particular about, you know, saying certain things just because, you know, no one really wants to be, uh, excuse the pun, but like alienated or, you know, I guess judged for certain ideas or anything. But, you know, I have spoken about this somewhat on the podcast, but I feel a little safer, I guess, putting it towards the end of an episode where I guess people who are really interested are going to hear it. But I guess really reflecting on the experience uh, where, you know, when it comes to alien abduction and Jim's whole life, you know, having these experiences, which is still continuing, where, you know, they are actually taking place, you know, I guess while he's in bed asleep. And for him, they're just as real as if they were happening while he was conscious. And I don't know, I just, I I have had some very alarming dreams where it's been a very vivid sort of alien abduction or, you know, very almost too weird to be a dream. I know it kind of sounds strange, but where it, it evokes a whole other feeling compared to dreaming, you know. Even just this week, I, you know, I don't sleep many hours each night. I go to bed pretty late. I get up really early. And I woke up one morning just this week and 
I must have kind of slept on my hand strange or something, but literally my hand was like cramped the entire day. My back was just really sore as if I had, you know, done like physical work or labor the day before and I hadn't done anything like that. And of course, I know people say you get older, you sleep funny, it hurts, but there are honestly nights where I feel like I've just been taken out of my bed and, you know, it's like I've gone out all night and then just been placed back. Like I felt wrecked, you know what I mean? And I know that's not necessarily, once again, we, as we sort of spoke with Jim, these things can be explained with, you know, earthly, regular kind of, you know, explanations. But when you put the context around, maybe there are abnormal circumstances as well, um, sort of circling those things, you might start to think, well, could that potentially mean something? But even a few years ago, uh, my partner, who is not very much into the paranormal, you know, she accepts it and respects it. That's that's for, that's for certain. So it's always interesting to hear her take. But one evening, she woke up and looked over at me. I was fast asleep, and she saw a red, what she believes to be a red light, just over the top of me, and. Obviously, that's that's abnormal, but rather than her, I don't know, freaking out, trying to wake me up, she had the urge to just fall back asleep. No, just like it was nothing. Um, I don't know if I've really spoken about that so much before, but just, and you know, I probably haven't, but talking to Jim in this episode just has sort of brought up a lot of these kind of thoughts about, well, what does some of this stuff mean? Does it mean anything? It might not. But I've always, for the longest time, even especially from doing this podcast, I feel like, you know, I feel like sometimes we find ourselves on a certain path or we, we do certain things for a reason. You know, I don't necessarily think, I mean, it does feel like by chance I did stumble into you know, doing parallel thoughts and really trying to learn more about everything within these, you know, topics and episodes that we speak about. But I feel like sometimes there's more significance for myself, you know, um, that I've just kind of questioned in the last day or so. And I don't know, I feel like we all go through these stages where you might be sort of fixated on a certain thing and it's hard to kind of shake in a sense. I feel like I'm just having one of those, but I really resonated with the types of experiences that um, Jim was sort of expressing where even from a point of view of doing an interview, you know, you'd assume that I'd want to have your typical alien abduction kind of story, you know, if someone's like they had some scarring or, you know, what kind of have you, some physical evidence. But I think it's so important and vital to this whole topic to speak about the different ways that people are having experiences. I mean, Think about abductions, you know, 50, 60, 70 years ago and think about maybe someone more like Jim in a sense now where he's not physically potentially going anywhere and this abductions are being done remotely. Like, you know, how we do things remotely and so on, you know, our technology advances, we do things to simplify and make things cheaper and easier, you know, and it makes you think that, potentially that could have something to do with, you know, the whole thing of, you know, I guess these remote abductions in a sense. Like, I don't know, this is just a theory I was sort of thinking just last night, but I definitely think there's 
evidence to suggest that, yeah, Jim has potentially, you know, actually had these experiences happen in his sleep. You know what I mean? He 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 definitely strikes me, um, just from speaking to him, as someone who has had experiences. I feel like a lot of people I get to speak with have a very similar tone or even just the the energy they put out when they talk about these topics. You know, like I I really hear it and I really heard it with Jim where it's unsettling still for him. You know, he's doing a lot of work on himself by the sounds of it and, you know, but it's still that thing of having something very unusual, uncomfortable, not really able to talk to many people about it in a sense. It's pretty, you know, it really, it's it's a hard thing. You know, majority of people would just rather not deal with it, of course. But, I mean, I don't know if that adds anything to this episode, me just coming on here just a little bit at the end, but I felt like, I mean, I haven't really done, um, I haven't really done a kind of a session like this for a little bit um, where I've just sort of, Oh, here's some thoughts <laughs> I've just kind of been having, you know. It's, um, but yeah, this episode has just kind of really um, invoked something for me. So I really hope you guys got something out of that because uh, I know I sure did. But thank you so much again for Jim for coming on and taking the time to, uh, you know, try to educate us and just share what he's been going through because I'm sure there'll be some people listening who, you know, might actually. Uh, maybe going through something very similar so if we can help you guys out then that's what matters really at the end of the day and of course thank you guys for listening it's uh i love getting to come on here and just get to speak with you you know it's uh it's wild to think how many people just listen to me talk about aliens and all the good topics we speak about here especially the last you know last sort of three months seems like a lot more of you are listening as well so Um, that's really encouraging to keep getting to do this because, you know, I love getting to do exactly this. So thank you guys so much for sticking around and making it possible. And with that, I'm going to get out of here. So thank you guys so much for listening and I'll catch you in another podcast episode really soon. Thanks.